This episode of Let's Think On It comes from an excerpt from O Brother Radio with Will Lockamy, Reed Lockamy, and Dr. Mark Westfall. Time to welcome to the show Dr. Mark Westfall. We do this uh, once a month, and of course, all of these segments you can catch online wherever you listen to podcasts under the name Let's Think On It. Dr. Mark Westfall, uh, last night we were, uh, hmm. you and I were at an event at Diplomat Deli, which we, we, were. Love, we love so much. And that happens on Wednesdays, every other Wednesday. That's right. And I got a text from Dr. Westfall that said, uh, hey, I'm running five minutes late. The guest is already there, but I'll be there in just a minute. And I just mm. thought, I mean, like my stomach just like sunk. And t- I'm not kidding for a second. I thought that everyone at Diplomat Deli had the day wrong. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> we were all there. Because well, the we night. promote it. You know, like we promote it and yeah. tell people like, you got to come down here and it fills up. I mean, if you got, you should come hang out one night. Yeah. It fills up and it's a lot of fun. Uh, but I just thought we told everyone the wrong night to come to <laughs> Diplomat Deli. What is going on? We're supposed to be doing a radio show right now. And so I texted him back. It's like, wait, am wait. I crazy? Who's crazy? Tonight's Wednesday, right? What are you doing? Huh? Oh, my gosh. I was in the middle of a dead sprint because I was sure I had gotten my days off. Well, I definitely had <laughs> no, gotten my days off. No. I was <laughs> so I was sure it's Thursday. It starts – I was watching – I was at the Y working out, and I was watching basketball, college basketball. Hmm. It was Alabama-Auburn. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, we were too. Yeah. Well, I've been anticipating the UAB game this Thursday because UAB is doing pretty well this year. Yeah. And, um, and so instantly I thought, oh, it's college basketball night. Must be Thursday. Can't wait to watch the UAB game at home or listen to it. And I thought, Thursday? Oh, my gosh. It's radio night. So it was all predicated by watching this basketball game. Suddenly I was transported to Thursday. And I'm thinking, I don't know. I called my wife because I walked to the Y. I said, pick me up. I'm late. So she's she comes into the delusion as well. She never said, like, hey, dude, it's Wednesday. Oh, okay. Well, then she calls back (laughs) about the same time I got your text. (laughs) <laughs> oh. And she says, hey, hey, idiot, it's Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I figured Boy. that out. I didn't figure that out. I found that out. Well, this week, um, <laughs> if you're listening later down the road on iTunes or wherever, um, this week has been a weird one because snow days and right. kids out of exactly. school and businesses closed. So no doubt today felt like a Monday, actually. Like going, kids finally back in school for right, the first time right. since last week. Yesterday felt like a Sunday. And uh, no. yeah, there was and no it, reference this week for a normal day, normal no. week. So. Yesterday, I tried to go to a monster truck rally, and there wasn't <laughs> one. It was Sunday, Sunday, right? Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> so you can see how confused people have been. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. What's up? What are we so, talking about tonight? Well, you know, so um, I like meeting personalities out out and about, and when I meet a good one, I like to um talk to them a while, and um then I always have in mind the radio show. So Darby and I were having lunch uh, the other week. Uh, dropped into a new spot downtown uh, in the business district. You can say what it is. It's called uh, Miami Infusion. Mm. Um, really good cuisine. Um, and so I'm talking to the proprietor, Louis Delgado, and we strike up a conversation, and you know, we, we have a good 30, 45-minute conversation right there on the spot. And I'm like, okay, he needs to be on the radio show. Yeah. So um, I invited him on. He was game, and uh, he's got, I think, a lot of interesting uh, he's had an interesting experience in life. I'll, I hope he's going to share some. Um, he's doing some really cool things for um, the Birmingham locale, which I think, uh, and I know you guys are all about local. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so I think uh, I think you're going to like it. Cool. Uh, I, coming in tonight, I thought, you know, he's kind of that, he could be on the short list for the most interesting man in the world. Uh, 
Which is saying a lot. That's, that's yeah. saying a lot. Yeah. And they're uh, having to find new ones all the time. So oh, yeah. He's on the list. Yeah. I'm telling that's you. Right, You'll yeah. see him on. You had him here first. Right. You knew him when. <laughs> Great. Okay. Lewis, so, welcome. Thanks for having me here, guys. Yeah. yeah thank man. you so much. So Miami Fusion Cafe. Miami Fusion Cafe. Nice. Let's start there. Just tell us about this. We started in a. We started in Alabaster in 2010. Um, in going towards Mount of Auto in 119 in a little gas station, and it was called Miami Cafe. And uh, after nine months, we grew so fast. Uh, I started. I later started with a camping stove and a five dollar panini press out of that location, and we grew so fast. We opened up in Pelham, and we just continued following the people. We saw that the people live towards that area, but they work towards Hoover and and Birmingham. So um, we had it in Pelham for a couple of years. And we closed it down and, and opened up in Hoover. In Hoover, we won the 2014 Restaurant of the Year Award in Urban Spoons. And we had about 160 reviews that year. It went really well. And uh, for uh, for some reasons, after the 2014 um, blizzard that we had, um, they closed they closed us down. And hmm. in that location, you can read about it. It's everywhere. And for three and a half years, I was... Uh, I was uh, out of the restaurant business and uh, decided to open up. There's there's a story in between those three and a half I'm years. I'm sure there <laughs> is. Yeah. And we opened up about eight months ago now in Birmingham, and it's been going really well. You know, our motto is building a family, not a business. So we have developed our, our customer base from all the way from uh, Calero down to Huntsville. So um, it's been going really well here in Birmingham, and we love being here in downtown. Now, so all of these restaurants you've mentioned that you've had have, have had Miami in the name, I guess. What's are are you from Miami originally? Yeah, or? I was uh, I was born and raised in Puerto Rico. Yeah, and uh, when I when I um and when I hit the mainland, we came straight to Miami, yeah. and I went. I did my high school years in Miami, and I got married in Miami, and I lived there for about sixteen years before moving out, um, and went into the military and after the military I went all over the place so we my wife and I went down <clears throat> last Christmas as a matter of fact uh, to South Florida this first time I'd ever been down to that area we stayed uh, in Key Biscayne over the holidays and um, and boy it was really a great experience um, I found Miami so interesting and invigorating and you know the culture there is so, so it's interesting. a melting pot of culture it really is a melting pot of culture I've and, only yeah. been there once I spent a week maybe and I just felt like, oh, this is a, it felt like a different country. Really Definitely. Did. Yeah. Definitely. I enjoyed it. I, I would go for runs every day. It was international. It yeah. does. I would go yeah. for runs every day and just to explore different parts of the city. And you'd run and it'd be like, oh my gosh, look at this building. It was nice. And then you run through kind of a poor section and then right back up the next block, like into this nice section. It was just kind of cool how everything mingled. And it was the first place I ever saw the bike sharing that now we have in Birmingham, the zip bike. Of course, it wasn't the electronic, you know. Didn't have the the motors yeah. in, but it was the first time I ever saw that. I thought it was such a cool concept. Yeah, yeah it's very uh, it's a fast pace, fast paced world, very fast. Yeah, and now so of course, you know, you mentioned you're from Puerto Rico, which makes me think like, oh, I've got seven hours worth of questions for you about yeah, all that. Right. He's got seven hours worth. I'm of ready. Too. I'm ready for you. Guys. I'm sure you do. I <laughs> yes. I would be curious to kind of get your thoughts on. Do you I, do you have family still in Puerto Rico? Yes, or? as a matter of fact, uh, my hometown is Caguas, Puerto Rico, and we've been out of light. We're still we still don't have no power in Caguas, Puerto Rico. Um, but uh, the people are strong people. Yeah, and um, you know, there's a lot of things that the government is controlled. Uh, there's a lot of things that we could talk about politics all day long. Sure. Um, but when it comes to my family members, uh, some are alive and some passed away, and but. Um, some have light, some don't, but it's resilient people. Um, that's what Puerto Ricans are. 
like any other place. You know, Katrina took a long time to develop yeah. to get it back, and it's still they're still trying to get it. And that's the mainland. We're talking about hurricanes that passed in Florida, um, the hurricane in Houston, but we're talking about an island surrounded with lots and lots mm -hmm. of water, right? Yeah. And um, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a long time before it gets constructed again. It's gonna take a lot of people to help too. A lot of and people. You've been doing some local work on that, right? Yeah. Tell, as a matter of fact, just as a matter of fact. Our organization called uh, Alabama Rises Up, uh, Puerto Ricans Rises Up from Alabama. We just delivered 37,000 pounds to the island just yesterday. Um, um, I did it as I own Miami Fusion Cafe. I did a catering job last month for for a great couple, and uh, in that in that in that place, there was about five pilots, and I get a phone call from a pilot. and he tells me that there's a friend of his that wants to donate to us a 737 jet. Uh, aircraft to take everything to Puerto Rico. Now, uh, since day one, we started collecting. We were the hurricane sure. donation location for Puerto Rico here in Alabama. And we got a warehouse full with 37,000 pounds of uh, goods. And as a matter of fact, we had two days to take them to Tampa, Florida. We called out on our customers. Our customers showed up. Um, we packed up two trucks and we took them down. So there. you had to carry it from here to Tampa, yes, and then flew out of Tampa to Puerto Rico. Correct, using the donated seven thirty. Correct. How about that? Yes, that it was awesome. Else. Pretty special. That's really cool. It was so yeah. awesome. Did you? So did you say you had you had family members that who died in the storm? Definitely, or? we have. Uh, mm. We we've had family members that that are still lost. That, I mean, basically they they've passed away. Um, uh, because that's what been one of the interesting things is uh, different reports about how severe that storm was when it came to the impact on human life. That's something that you have to you you have to we we found out from family members. Yeah. So it's basically we're we're not going through uh, media or, or nothing like that. Same way that we did all these donations. Um. Uh, at first we were going to go and use a government entity but we decided to do it all privately and god opened up those doors for that to happen so yeah. yesterday the cargo arrived yesterday we passed it out to yeah, people that's so, really cool um so the number could go up down side to side but sure. i know what's going on in my neck of the woods in god was puerto rico what's your take on the media coverage of this because i think that's what you know the media is showing I think, the scene i think they're making it too political uh, I'm, uh, I, I think they're forgetting about the people. Right. Um, for example, I wore the, I wore the, the uniform of this country um, during 9/11, and when I saw those buildings come down, I didn't care about the. Pe I didn't care too much about politics of it. The politics. I cared right. about my people. Right. There was people there that uh, that bled for us, that defended us, that uh, a lot of different things. I just cared about the people, and that made me want to go. And, and defend this country, you know? So it's the same thing as about Katrina or anything else. We could keep going to Houston, you know, I saw people hurting. Yeah. And uh, basically, when we when we move the politics to the side and we just see the people, yeah. um, it goes from there. So media is gonna do what media does. And however you however you take it, it's however you take it. I believe in God, so I, 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 I do it that way. Um, I believe that we're here to help people. I believe that people are here to build relationships. And I think that the riches of this life is not money, it's relationships. So the more relationship we built, the more the more uh, people are helped. Um, and I, and we did it just now. I mean, a bunch of 20, we could say 20 to 40 people helped with this mission in Puerto Rico. And we helped communities out with all this that we send down there. So, um, And it's, it's beautiful. I mean, the relationships that are made are what made that happen. 
you know, it wasn't Definitely. any one person. Uh, it was a, a combination of people coming together to help s- something uh, bigger than themselves. Correct. There was doors that were opened by by something bigger than me. Mm-hmm. So, let's take a quick break. Okay. When we come back. We'll uh, we'll reset and talk to Lewis. This is gonna be fun. Lewis still got it. The most interesting man in Birmingham. We'll That's start right. there, there and, then, and exactly. then move on. Then Alabama, <laughs> the country, and the world. Uh, all right. So, Doctor Mark, you've you've thrown a curveball at us tonight, and this is gonna be a fun one. We well, have yeah, uh, most Lewis, interesting man in Birmingham. Yeah, Louis Delgado. I say the here. world. You say Birmingham. You, I, you just don't know him well enough yet. No. Well, <laughs> I, I'm getting to know him through articles. I'm reading stuff now because, uh, yeah, there's a quite a storied history already about the the one that was in the story he talked about in multiple uh, multiple articles. Hoover, yeah, mostly yeah. about um, Louis is the owner of Miami. Fusion. Fusion. I think I said infusion because I feel like you're infusing us with some Miami influence. Yeah. Give you guys some but, flavor. But it's Miami. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So let's talk about this. You had a couple of the startup restaurants, including one that was in Hoover for a little bit. It was abruptly shut down in 2014, right after the Snowmageddon, which actually the anniversary of that coming up here in just mm-hmm. a week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so then you kind of had a three and a half year time away from the restaurant business which was not the easiest time in your life right it wasn't a, it was an easy time no um it was a it was a time of um brokenness um a time of struggle you know after after um i guess putting yourself in a pedestal um and 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 it was a time of being humbled um so that's what that's what those three and a half years uh that I went through, uh, that I would love to talk about right now. You know, it was a time of, of going and, and finding out that I was an addict, you know? So for 22 years, I was addicted to a drug that nobody calls an, uh, uh, this drug an, an addiction. Um, but what drug was it? This marijuana. I, I smoked oh, marijuana right. for 22 years. Um, yeah. uh, I, don't, I mean, as much this year, uh, in 2014, I could give you a guesstimate number of everything that I spent about almost close to $50,000 in one year. On marijuana. In marijuana, okay. And uh, so the, I, I ended up being homeless for about nine months, um, uh, living in the streets of Hoover from house to house, place to place. And one day I hit rock bottom, you know, and 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 there was a there was somebody there that lifted me up, and, and that was God, Jesus Christ. He, he said, you know, I have a plan and I have a purpose for you. And it's bigger than what you have. And he said, do you want to live my way or do you want to live your way? And I, I chose to live his way. And I, I got help for myself. And I was the first guy that I know that went to rehab, an all-male Christian facility here in Thorsby, Alabama, called Turning Point for marijuana. How about that? Yeah, so tell us about that. Because uh, generally speaking, people don't think of marijuana as being uh, an addictive drug. An addictive drug, excuse me. Um, because it's qualities don't do the same things that highly addictive drugs do. Now, granted, people like it a lot, and so they want to smoke it more, and they will spend their money on it. That's generally how you think of the addictiveness of marijuana. That's correct. That's What, what I see is uh, the addiction is not, it's not what you're doing. It's, how, it's what you're putting first before your, your priorities. Okay, so if you want to drink and you, you want to pay, pay your light bill, what you're going to do first? If you're paying your light bill... You drink in the dark, oh, right? That's the, yeah. Exactly, you're drinking in the dark. Yeah. So um, what I was doing is I was choosing my addiction, that which was marijuana, uh, before anything else, my priorities. And that kept me in a hole. It kept me in a cave. It kept me alone. alone. And that's why I'm not saying that, you know, you could choose your DOC. All I know is that what God did for me, he put me in a place with broken men. 
that I saw that were that they were uh, that I saw the opiates addiction, uh, um, you know, um, yeah, the problems that we yeah. have here in Alabama that I didn't know about. I saw the uh, the alcoholism that I didn't know about. You know, these are drugs um, that I don't do, so I didn't know about these things. And I wasn't I was with these men. Um, that we're all broken just like me. It's the same thing as we could, we could talk about different type of races, yeah. uh, uh, places, uh, people, things, and we're all the same basically when you get to know that person. Was this a 28-day facility? It was saying? a 90-day facility, and, and I mean, I could have been there for 90 more days. I could have been there for a year. It was a, it was a, it's a great place. I go and visit all the time. Um, I serve I serve that community in Jemison a lot as well right now and um, with, with the restaurant. It's something that has taught me to to give back. We reopened up the restaurant after all that struggle uh, to make it a second chance place opportunity for people like how I, I was. So, yeah, so and that's, people, that's one of the things that, I'm sorry, that's one of the things that really struck me when I was talking with Lewis when I went to visit. He, he reaches out to people that are in recovery and gives them a second chance through his uh, restaurant. 60% of my restaurant right now, we, we were our own general contractors for Miami Fusion Cafe. So when you walk in there, you see a lot of Art Deco, what you saw in Miami. Uh, we love the, the uh, we're in 2015 Fifth Avenue North, and it, it has the, the look, the Art Deco look. Uh, it was the old Mary Ball Southern Candy store back in the 40s. Yeah. So Mary Ball Fudge originated from there. It has a 100-year-old floor. So we kept that design, that Art Deco design. And, uh, and what we do is, again... Uh, 60% of that project was done with the homeless community here in Birmingham, okay, that uh, that I thank every day. So you, the homeless community helped you construct Correct. your current restaurant. Yes. And then you employ them, the same yes. community. We, the people that want help, um, you know, we, we, we give them a chance and we we, um, we help them and, and they make their own decisions. We all do. We have free will. That's what we do. We make our own decisions and we just give them that hand mm -hmm. and most of them that I have employed right now have worked out really well, and I have I have uh, we've we've uh, taken out three out of the streets in, in eight months. Mm -hmm. That they have their own apartment, they have their own cars now, they're working. So basically, that's what we do. Yeah, you support their sobriety, like, and right. if they stumble, if they stumble, we help them get them back up. Yeah, you know I am. Um rereading Just Mercy right now, Brian Stevenson's book, and I just think if you haven't read it and you're listening to this, you, you ought to go buy a copy and read it. I think it's just one of the most important books there is. And I just yesterday, I was reading the section where he talks about um, the, the common brokenness of people and that when we realize we're all broken in some way that that's what opens the doors to compassion and empathy and being able to help others and he and he says that mercy is you know most powerful when it is given to people who maybe are not necessarily deserving that's what mercy is about is when you see and not that people are not deserving everyone is but the point is mercy doesn't mean much if you're giving it to people who have fixed everything and now they're ready to receive mercy. Mercy is most important when people are kind of down and out and maybe people don't have a lot of faith that in them. Mercy gives them hope. Right, exactly. Yes, mercy yeah. gives them hope. So it's, uh, it's, uh, we, we got mercy. I mean, I mean, right. we, you know, and, um, so yeah, it's basically that they're, they're gonna stumble. Doc, they're gonna stumble. We all stumble. We're n none of yep. us are perfect. Yeah. But it's knowing how to pick them up and not dust them off. Mm -hmm. uh, not, not, not push them to not the side. Not push them out. Yeah. And, and build that wall again. Right. All right. You gotta, um, Everybody has to be loved. Love is the, that's the key. Yeah. Everybody has to be loved. I think people, when they hear rehab for marijuana, they'll think, but the way you described it, 
you know, that's accurate because not only from things we talked to Dr. Westfall about, but uh, Reed and I did another segment. We used to cover college football and do the show. And we met with a doctor um, who he helped people with football addiction. Correct. And that was the whole definition was these people are putting this sport and these college teams or pro teams above their family and paying mm-hmm. their bills. And, and it was a serious yeah. it's it about serious. priorities as it's humans a, you can be addicted to most anything and I, I like the way that Lewis talks about it it's, it's what you put in front of your it's where you put your priorities and if it's something that's misaligned then you may need to reevaluate it can be it can be pretty much it could be it could be time it could be time that you're in your house people think that because you're in your house you're spending time with your kids and your family not if you're watching football for nine hours a day you might right. be in the same house but you're not spending time with those kids and, and, and your family yep. so it, it's it's anything that how you use your time okay I used to use my time to hide out and see what I'm gonna do. You see, so it's 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 it's, um, it's really a perspective. Mm-hmm. It's it's what perspective you have. Did the people there at the rehab facility when you got there uh, <laughs> and said, "Hi, I'm Lewis, and I'm addicted to marijuana." They, they laughed. Yeah, I was gonna say, did they honestly? Oh, I honestly laughed. They laughed. They laughed at me the whole way. But you know, I built a lot of good friendships there. And again, God put me there to see what was the big issue here in Alabama, and that made me love people. And that made me serve people. So basically, the restaurant, that's what we do. The restaurant is our ministry. Uh, we talk to people like we did to, 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 to Mark, and, and we talk to all of our customers. If you guys read about us, get to know us. Um, our motto is building a family, not a business. And we like, to, we like to stand with that and get to know our customers by name, and they get to know us by name. And um, basically, that's what we use for ministry. Um, I mean, we love what we do. It's nothing like service. It's too bad that your brain isn't like mine, Lewis, because... Um, <laughs> Pot is the worst for me. I tr- I tried it, you know, as a young person a couple of times, and it's just like, oh, I hate this. It didn't work. Recently, I went to Colorado for a vacation. Have I told you about this, Dr. West? I don't know. Um, you know, whatever. Within the last year, I went to Colorado for a vacation and thought, well, look, this is legal here. I'm not breaking any laws at all. Um, I would like to try this because I haven't in a long time. And, and you can, you know, you go in there and it's treated... Uh, I mean, it's like you're walking into a pharmacy or whatever, and, no. and you say like, "Hey, here, here's what I like in life, and here's what I don't like," and they talk to you all about it, and you have these like consultations, basically. Uh, and so I, I got an edible, and man, it was the it was a nightmare, <laughs> a nightmare. I ended up like glued to a couch. Uh, I can the story's too long to tell, but basically. I hate that you liked it so much because it, it treats me just the worst, and mm-hmm. I'll never ever try it again. But with that said. Yeah, I know well, a lot of people like it. Yeah, there's, each there's so own, many different. Yeah. Well, there's there's different brain types, and so yeah. when I talk to people about you know, in their first interview with me, I talk to them about what their brain has experienced, so I can understand their brain and how their brain chemistry works. And there's some people who have different reactions to different things. So that's, I mean, it, you know, Lewis is is right on target when he says you can be addicted to pretty much anything. Yeah. I mean, addiction. We've talked about it before. We've talked about the the wanting and liking loops in the brain. Um, you know, when you continue to want something even when it's not serving you. Um, then that's when you're developing an addiction. Yeah. Um, when you crave or want something that is causing you problems in your relationships or your work life or your happiness, or then that's an addiction. You, you need to stop and evaluate whatever that is yeah. that you're wanting so much um, because it's, it's getting in the way. Basically, you're stressing yourself. You're mm-hmm. stressing every, pers- every, every, every day of your life. You're stressing it because you want to you accomplish that goal of, of getting high or whatever it is. Okay, so... Um, so it's uh, it's something that it's, it's a battlefield of the mind. You got to ba- you're your own enemy. 
basically. Yeah. An addict is his own enemy. Is you choose it every day to do whatever you want to do. You have that choice every day to to, to choose um, the right or the mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. And um and 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 that person chooses. And when you're in it, though, it's difficult. And Lewis comments he went to rehab for 90 days. Could have been twice as long or three times as long, and, and the longer you stay, the better. The reason for that is the the biology behind it is when you become addicted to something, it's actually changed your brain chemistry. Right. And that, that circuit, that loop of wanting, is continuing to to fire uh, with even when you're not enjoying it anymore. It's not – a lot of people say, well, if you didn't like it, why it's, would you keep routine. using it? It, it's routine. Exactly. You got to change. You got to change the the place, the environment, and and you got to change what you're feeding yourself. Yeah. But okay. the person in that situation would have trouble making that change without help. Definitely. And because that circuit is so strong, so you, that's why you need to you allow someone. You have to become humble, like Lewis said, and recognize you need help. Because you actually, how did you get to help? Um. How did I get to help? I mean, how did right. you get it to was, the point two, where you said it? It was two on. years ago in the, uh, uh, December 31st, New Year's Eve. Um, I, was in, I was cold. I was cold. I was lonely. I was, and I was in a place of, uh, of, of losing my marriage and my kids. And, uh, you know, I had, I had a person that didn't even know who I was um, invest money for me to go to this place that I didn't know where it was located. But they just told me to show up. And I had a wife that prayed for me every day, and you know, and uh, and you know, God God revealed himself to my to me, and He said, you know, uh, and I told you what He said. He said, are you gonna are you gonna come and and do my work, or are you gonna come and continue to do your work? And I I decided to do His work, and that's when I went two years ago to Turning Point, and and it changed my life. Nice. We're hanging out with Dr. Mark Westfall and also our guest, Louis Delgado, who is the owner of Miami Fusion Cafe. So lots of people may know him from that. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation. Don't forget you can find all of these conversations with Dr. Mark Westfall under the podcast, Let's Think On It. We hang out with Dr. Mark once a month. And then of course, uh, we have a guest tonight, Louis Delgado from Puerto Rico, grew up in Miami, and then... Um, has been up here for what do we say? Eleven years. Eleven years now. Oh, this home. Yeah, eleven years. Glad you've made this home, man. You've been here for like the sweet spot. Oh yeah, Birmingham too. Yes, yes, definitely. I saw. I, I'm seeing the growth. I'm seeing the growth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you a question. Because first of all, on the last segment, you did a great job. Thank you for sharing that. And I wanted people to kind of get a sense of of who you are and what you're doing with your work with with uh, with Miami Fusion and how you're helping others. Um, I want to go now back to something that I wonder how many people really know the nature of Puerto Rico and mm. what the relationship is to our country. Right. You know? I mean, what is Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico is a commonwealth. It's a territory for, for the United States. Uh, it's been part of the United States since 1898. Okay? In 1917, we had the, the right and the privilege to become citizens and, and join all the major wars that, we had, that, uh, that the United States have, have uh, fought. And citizens, so someone born in Puerto Rico can freely come and go from the United States, correct? It's like, it's like being born in Hawaii. Okay. Mm-hmm. Can you, do you vote in presidential elections? We, we could vote in everything but presidential elections. Oh, interesting. If, we living in the, if we're living in the island, if, we're move, if we move to the mainland, we could vote in presidential elections. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So if you, as long as you're living on American soil, U.S. soil, you can vote in a presidential election. 
if you're in Puerto Rico, you can vote in other elections, but not Government. presidential. Uh, you know, uh, governor, mayor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though he is your president and Correct. makes the decisions about yes. that. But but that's yeah. been going on for a hundred years now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, um, when it comes to Puerto Rico, like I said, we could talk politics. Um, we've 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 uh, we've we've worn the uniform for a hundred years. Um, we uh, we've we've millions of Puerto Ricans have died for this country. Millions. Um, you know, I, I like to joke around. I like to say that um, the biggest city in Puerto Rico is New York City. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> second biggest is Orlando, Florida, mm-hmm. and I think Orlando is getting is becoming number one now. So what's the population roughly? In Puerto Rico, it was three point four million. Mm-hmm. I think that about a million people have gone since Maria out already. So really? they're they're either in Florida or New York. Mm-hmm. And what was what Alabama is around four million people? Is that right? I think that's something like that. We're so. about Puerto Rico is an island that's a hundred um, right. miles long, thirty five miles wide, the size of Rhode Island. So much wow. more dense population Definitely. than Alabama. Yes. Has there ever been a push for it to become a state? Uh, yes, there's there's been a push, but um, there's always been there's always been something holding it back. Yeah, resolutions come up somewhat often. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but again, it's, it started with corporations. We could talk about corporations mm. that were there back in the seventies. Uh, uh, Puerto Rico was a booming, booming um, uh, an island for corporation and, and also for military. You know, it was, it's it's basically our our protector in the right side of the of mm-hmm. of, of the United States um, yep. for military. So, share with me your thoughts um, on the culture. Of Puerto Rico and your culture, and then what you see as far as uh, Birmingham culture, and compare and contrast that for us. All right, Puerto Rico has a lot of the African um, and Spaniard culture, and and we have native Taino, Taino Indians. Okay, um, Taino Indians. If if you guys want to look it up, in 1526, invented barbecue. All right, oh, so get out. Wait yes, a yes. God that bless. could be five right. words in, in, yes. in Alabama. That's right. Um, come try my pork, and you'll see. Um, <laughs> I that, have. So it's, and he's got a good claim. So Taino Indians. Um, so basically, we're 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 a mix of those three breeds. Uh, so we have a, a, those three cultures, and so uh, uh, what what we are, um, uh, we're friendly people. We love to eat. We love to talk around food. Uh, we love to uh, invite people over and have a good time. We, we, we're musicians. We're, we're. Um, I mean, we love anything that has to do with with the beach, the music, and food. Okay, and and getting together and and uh, enjoying one another. Mm-hmm. Okay. What What are some of the differences in uh, or things that you've uh, encountered in the in Birmingham? And you've been here eleven years. You, it's what very I, different than your yeah. Home when culture. I first when I first got here, they didn't know what Puerto Ricans are uh, or, or Cubans or Dominican. You know, the the, the Latino culture here in the state of Alabama is mm. Mexican. Yeah. And twenty five years ago, I've I've learned to talk to all my Mexican friends here, people that own businesses, people that uh, own restaurants, and they told me, you know, twenty five years ago, people did not know what queso dip was you know they didn't know but now it's part of the culture you know now you don't see a mexican restaurant closing down um in 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 alabama it's very few um and you see the culture every year you see uh um in october they do the 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 day that of the muertos and they do different things that comes from that culture that base so now i what i've seen um is i've seen the caribbean culture grow here in the state of alabama too 
and I'm I'm seeing um, different people like our friends Yaman, the restaurant Yaman, our friends Tropicaleo. They're they're all the, another Puerto Rican restaurant just opened up in Birmingham, um, and we're seeing uh, different types of Caribbean cuisines open up everywhere. I mean, we have an an African cuisine restaurants in the Pazits, you yeah. know. So it's it's uh, it's it's getting there. It's, it's exciting, growing, huh? Yes. Yeah. Um, real quickly, I'm also just curious. Uh, so people on the island of Puerto Rico. Taxation? Are they paying federal taxes? Yeah, we t- we pay taxes. Pay taxes, so yeah, income we, taxes and all yeah, we pay taxes. Um, uh, so basically, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a give and go, but it's more of a of a it's more of a give. We're giving more than than and no than full representation in Congress. They're Congress people, right? But they don't have a vote in Congress. Is that correct? I I, I think I that's believe. correct. I think okay. that's correct. I think the only ones that we the only one that we can vote for is for is for um, the president. I think that you're correct. We got people in Congress, but maybe not but full not members. Sure yes. Yes. I, I feel like that not. might be right yeah. that they're they're seated but don't have a vote. Yeah, so um, Puerto Rico is represented by a non-voting resident commissioner yeah. in the United States House of Representatives. There you go. It just came to your mind. You just like yeah, just and I think her name may be Jennifer Gonzalez. I think. If that's <laughs> okay. Just, yeah, that's right. Will you always? Yep. Thanks. Yeah. So well, so basically, we're, we've been second grade residents uh, all our lives. Basically, you know, the adopted child. Okay. Um, so what we're trying to do is we're we're trying to break that. We're trying to, um, but we can't do it by ourselves. We gotta we gotta. We need the mainland. We need people in the mainland, yeah. and, and also the Puerto Ricans in the mainland to understand that you could vote and get out there and vote. I feel like a s- silver lining, and it's a very thin silver lining on what Puerto Rico has been through in, in recent months, might be you know to bring more awareness to the people of Puerto Rico and their status and situation because they've been going through terrible financial difficulty. Like you mentioned, the boom of the of the decades previous that has kind of busted out recently. You know, I think if a lot of mainlanders, if you said, "Are Puerto Ricans Americans?" a lot of people would say, "No." Yes. But I assume the people of Puerto Rico feel very much like they are. We are Americans, American. right? We're so American. Uh, Puerto Ricans are prideful people. Yeah. Um, so the same way we love our our, our, our our flag, we love the U.S. flag. That we we look up to the mainland. It's it's just our land. It's, um, but this is the same thing I tell Americans here. I say, guys, you could go to Puerto Rico and you could buy land, you could buy property, yeah. you could uh, you could build businesses. Uh, it's been done before. It's just been done with corporations. So corporations are good and bad uh, for the island. Uh, it's, it showed to us that it's been bad. They left us with a debt that we didn't want. Right. It wasn't the people that wanted the debt. The people wanted jobs. Yeah. Um, so corporations came in there, and then when they had when they got tax cuts or anything else like that to leave the island, they did, and and they left us with the debt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a complex story. Uh, yes. People ought to read up on it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Myself included. Learn more about it. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. So uh, I'm not following all that. How did they, how did they leave you with the debt? Teach me. It's for ex- for example, you go to Puerto Rico, you buy property or you you open up a business. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're opening up that business because you're getting um, incentives to do so. Okay, all of a sudden those incentives go away. You close your build, you close your business, and you move back to the mainland. Same thing that's going on right now with uh with Toyota and, and with all these other places. I mean, we um what was that other Chrysler just closed the one in Mexico? They got incentives to come back to the mainland, and now they're going back to Michigan. It's basically the same thing that happened in the seventies and eighties. We had Dickies. We I could tell you all types of different companies that we had in Puerto Rico 
that uh, pharmaceutical reps. Uh, I mean, we're still we still got pharmaceutical companies over there. The IVs are made in the islands, and we got a short right now because Puerto Rico is going. Through I read all that, that just yes, recently. Hospitals yes. are don't have the proper equipment because yes. it's not being manufactured. Made, right manufactured now. in Puerto Rico. Yeah. So we had a, a hmm. bunch of property. I mean, a bunch of corporations there that got incentives to come back here or go to Europe or go wherever they had to go, and they left the island and they left it with no work. So you've got a lot of people out of work. Of course, unemployment's up. You've got that's why I got you. that's why unemployment's always been up. That's why uh, murder rates always been up. Yeah, you know, so corrupted the tax base exactly. and all those yeah. kinds of things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it looks like every so often, maybe every four to six years, the people of Puerto Rico take up a vote to if they would like to become a state or not. In November of 2012, 61 percent uh, voted yes for statehood. This past June, 97% voted yes for statehood. Um, so now, basically, Jennifer Gonzalez has to take that and to Congress and convince Congress. But her vote don't count. Right. So she has no vote. <laughs> she, has, she has no vote, vote. herself. She yeah. just exactly. gets to go she spend time with it. We are yo-yo down. Okay. Right. So that yeah. vote uh, that Puerto Ricans take to if they want to become a state or not, which 97% now say they do, it means nothing except that she can take that to Congress and say, hey, this look, how much we, want we pay the taxes. Back. We serve in the military. 200,000 Puerto Ricans have served in the United States military. Uh, we don't receive the same benefits as states. We think it's time. So that basically that's where it is. Well, what we need to do is so many. There's so there's 200. There's 3.4 million Puerto Ricans in the island. I, I, I don't know. I've never looked at it, but there's probably more than 10 million Puerto Rican in the mainland. Okay. And what I tell my people is, if you're gonna if you're gonna do something, you could do it the right way, the same way that our, I mean, this, you vote. But we get to the mainland and they forget to go vote. I mean, how are you gonna forget to vote? Yeah. So you got to get yeah. that privilege and vote. Without hey, uh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back for our final segment okay. of the night. Dr. Mark Westfall hanging out with us. Also, Louis Delgado here from Miami Fusion Cafe as our guest. We've been learning a lot tonight. Um, not only just about Louis's story, which is super interesting, but also about his uh, place of birth, Puerto Rico, and you know, lots of questions about that. Now we're about to learn uh, a little bit of the cooking. A little bit of <laughs> this cooking. All right, so here's what we have in front of us. It looks like a, a small pie, like a personal it's dessert. Like a mini pie. pot pie, but it's a dessert. Yes. Yes. Yeah, dessert yeah. pie. Um, I happen to have already read a little bit about this. <laughs> Reed has not. So describe as we take our first bites here. Take your first bite. Oh, sweet Jesus. That's my Jesus cake. <laughs> oh, that's what, mm, that what happens when people... Yes. That is good. Thank you so much. What What is going on here? It's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and a whole lot of love. Um, it's a, it's a I guess you can't tell us exactly it's, what's in no, it. No, it's basically, our, it's basically our, 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 our tres leche cake, uh, mm. which was well-known in, in different Mexican restaurants and Cuban restaurants uh, and Puerto Rican restaurants. Um, but it's basically... Three milk, right? Three milk, milk cake. Yeah. Um, my recipe and... I mean, everything's made from scratch in Miami Fusion Cafe, so you guys got to come and take a look at it. And you this guys can't see this, but uh, Will and Reed are scarfing this, is this cake down. <laughs> it almost, like if I just had to guess, I would guess this is a, a type of bread pudding or something, but no, I don't know. I'm not a come, chef come at try, all, so. Come try the bread pudding. It's awesome. Oh, too. so you, all have, you yes. have a bread pudding as well. Yes. So when I think of Miami and cuisine, a lot of times I'm thinking about like Cuban sandwiches and all that. Is there a... A blend between Puerto Rican cuisine and Cuban cuisine? And yes, there's definitely a blend. I mean, um, let me tell you a little bit of the story why I came up with Miami Cafe. Yeah. All right, when I when I moved here to Alabama, I noticed that, again, that a lot of people did not know Puerto Rico, Cuba, uh, but I, I, I noticed that people do go to Florida 
and 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 Miami. Yeah. And and they put Cuban Cuban sandwiches with Miami. So what I did, I I, I named it Miami Cafe because it's a Caribbean restaurant. We got a little bit of all the islands. We got Cuba, Puerto Rico, Dominican Republic, a little bit of Jamaica. We got jerk chicken, plantains. That's in all the islands. Yeah. You know, and and we just give it a mix of all the islands. And we call it Miami Fusion Cafe. Now, all right, so you've got the restaurant. You you kind of say it's sort of your mission. You're working to give people second and third chances Correct. at life. Um, down the road, obviously, I'm, I suspect you're hoping to grow the you know restaurant. Is What else the, What else the, you have? The planned? restaurant is just part of a, a cornerstone for um, we want to open up the first. We want to launch. Uh, me and my wife launched our ministry called 3 one Ministries last year. And we want to open up the first multicultural rehab facility in the state of Alabama. Oh, how Where about everybody that? is bilingual. Um, for example, I was the first uh, Hispanic to go to rehab in the state in 16 years. So there's a need. Okay. There's a need for a foundry for us. There's a need for a, a, a Jesse's place for us. There's a need for um, a turning point for uh, us. Because you know? the language barrier keeps them from receiving help. Yes. Yes. Do you mean you were the first Hispanic person to go to that particular rehab yeah, center? In, in the last 16 in years. In 16 yes. years. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and it's I not, just visited three weeks ago, and there's another one there, so it was awesome. Gosh, boy, that is a need. Yes, though. there's huh, a need. How about that? So that's maybe the future for you. The future, yeah. And this, and this Jesus cake is is helping us out. It's 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 named Jesus cake because we take a per, a portion of the Jesus cake to help us with that mission, yeah. um, and give back. So so people can go buy one of these. They're delicious and help contribute to that goal. Correct. Fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Man, that's great stuff. Well, we'll be checking out uh, Miami Fusion Cafe soon, right there in the financial district of downtown Birmingham. Lewis, thank you so much, man. What a pleasure to meet you. Man, thank you for having me. Can't wait to serve you guys. Come see us. Yeah, yeah. we'll be there. Thanks, Absolutely. Man. Dr. Westfall, thanks as always. Oh, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. For sure. We will see you next month. To listen to Dr. Mark Westfall live, check out O Brother Radio on Birmingham Mountain Radio, 107.3 FM in Birmingham, 97.5 in Tuscaloosa, at bhammountainradio.com or on the free BMR app. Join in with your questions and comments on Twitter at Lockamy Brothers.